Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-gender conforming pansexual lizard people, everyone gather round because court is back in session. Welcome everyone, thank you for checking out the podcast. This is Right All Week and I am Dave and if you would like to interact on any of the social media networks that are out there, please look for the username at Right All Week. If you want to send an email, question, comment, whatever, you can use the address rightallweek at gmail.com. If you're listening to it on audio and there's a way to do some sort of a positive review, I would appreciate that. If I'm still on YouTube, then please subscribe, like the video, and then all of the platforms everywhere that you are, please share the content so that way we can get some more people together together and we can hopefully reach some new folks with our ideas. As I mentioned uh, in the intro here, we're going to talk about the courts. Uh, This is pretty typical for us in the U.S. We get a period where they don't talk much about what's happening in the courts, and then boom, there's just a a little explosion of new announcements, and I want to cover just a few of them real quick. We're going to talk about uh, what's happening with the Supreme Court and Trump. We're going to talk about what's happening with Dominion Voting Systems and Mr. My Pillow Guy, Mike Lindell. And then uh, finally, what's going on now with the fact that the the Supreme Court has specifically rejected the post-election lawsuit uh, that was going after Pennsylvania and some of the things that happened there. So first and foremost, the one I think is least consequential, I want to talk about uh, President Trump and what I'm... They're trying to get access to his IRS records, and he was trying to shield access to the IRS records, and he didn't want it to be known. And the prosecutor in New York, of course, he, you know, he wants to find a way to use these things. I think most of this, honestly, just looking at it from the outset, outside, not digging too deep, you know, it looks like it's uh, a lot of PR stuff. They want to do whatever they can to find a way to make him look bad. And they are, of course, hoping to find some way that they can paint Trump as a villain. So I won't be surprised if this is the last one or not the last one. I expect there will be more attempts. Of course, Supreme Court has decided in this case, yeah, they're going to let those things be used. So now uh, Trump is not able to shield his records. They are going to become, uh, they're going to be released to the prosecutor. And I imagine somehow, some way they will be made known to everybody, which is a big fever dream of theirs. They've wanted to know what is in this man's financial background since he was running for president. So uh, no surprise there. We'll see what happens. That one's coming in the future, but I think we all should have one way or another, if we were really paying attention, we should have expected this based on the fact that, yeah, they want him to be a bad guy. uh, They want to instigate class warfare, and they've been going specifically after his financial records for years. So that's number one. Number two, Mike Lindell, uh, he was a big voice uh, targeting what happened after the voting. He was on record. He made videos. He published videos on his own website, which if you haven't seen them, uh, you should go check them out, at least look at some parts just so that you can understand what the conversation, what the debate is going to be about. Uh, But, you know, he was very well convinced that he knew that he could prove that there were not only irregularities with respect to the election that we just had, because I don't think anybody's going to debate that part. Whether or not it was completely unique in its data set, that it didn't conform to any previous uh, records or uh, the way that things went, patterns and all the rest of that is uh, pretty clear. It was very unique in its numbers and its statistics. But uh, Lindell published a video where he covered all of the ways in which it made a significant difference in the outcome of the election. Now, I haven't watched the whole thing myself. I just watched some bits of it that I thought were you know, a little more interesting and, and perhaps more relevant. But there was one that's in specific now that's going to come into play now. 
he's been saying he has proof, specific proof, that the Dominion voting machines, that the numbers that they were producing, that those were changed, that there were hacks from places like China interfering, and that there were several of them, and these definitely played a role in the outcome of the election. So what happens now is uh, Dominion is going after Mike Lindell and are going after MyPillow. They're pointing out that he's actually selling more. His, his profits are up since he started this campaign, and they're basically accusing him of falsely defaming the company in the pursuit of profits. Now, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to prove that, and that would be that makes it interesting for the next case we'll discuss also. But what they are claiming is that his so-called proof is not real. That they this is why I think Mike Lindell actually went on the record and said, I want this. I like this. He wants to get into court. He wants to be able to prove he believes it, obviously. So I think that makes it harder for them to say that he was maliciously doing this just for money. If he really truly believes that he can prove that the, these hacks were real, that his evidence is legitimate, and that the election really was uh, de you know, fraudulently determined by outside factors, I think that makes it a very big deal. How they can say this, what their loss is, that's the part that's really interesting to me because they've picked this $1.3 billion. And I'm like, well, where does that number come from? Like, how is... Lindell's talking about his belief and promoting his proof, even if it's false. How does it cost them $1.3 billion? I'm not sure. This is something I think we should watch. It would be good to know if who wins the, the case with respect to the proof. That part is the part that really matters to me. Whether or not we get into that, whether or not it's made known to the public, or if it's some other factor that they use to decide the outcome of this case, that will be very telling. So we actually want to know how good the proof is, how good Dominion is at disproving Lindell's proof, and how good Lindell is at backing his evidence. Uh, that's the part that I think makes the most important, and that's why he likes it. So pay attention to that one. Now, the last one I want to talk about, the Pennsylvania case before the Supreme Court, thrown out. They said, nope, it's a moot point. So this one's interesting because we tried to go in Months ago, they originally tried to go after Pennsylvania specifically. There were other states where there was questionable practices with regard to the election, but Pennsylvania was one that was very high on the list. It was specifically named in courts, uh, denied looking at any cases against Pennsylvania, saying that, well, they couldn't prove any standing, meaning that, what does it cost you? Like, even if they're, that's the interesting thing. They didn't say they weren't guilty. They didn't say there wasn't evidence worth considering or that it's definitely not true or whatever that. There was no dismiss on the face of the accusation or the evidence that was going to be presented in to support the accusation. They didn't go there. They went on the uh, prosecutor's side and said, well, what does your client have to lose? What is their interest in this? You don't have standing, as they called it, so that's the reason they rejected it. Now, after the fact, they're saying, uh, you know, they've built a new case and they're going to come back and try to prove that they do have standing, which if you're a voter anywhere else where you know that you, you were held to a different standard than those in Pennsylvania, then I think, yeah, that's pretty easy to say that they're standing there, but they didn't want to consider that then. And they don't want to consider it now, come back with a new case, try to prove standing, and they said, well, at this point, well, what do you have to gain? They've switched it, said it's a, it's a moot point. We don't need to look at this case because there's no longer anything, there's no retribution, that, no reparations, nothing that can be given to compensate for your loss, even if you were to prove their guilt and prove your loss, there's nothing that can be done about it. So now we're not going to hear it for this reason. I personally believe 
It's because uh, there's too much cowardice and not enough conviction in our court right now. They, these guys would rather just dismiss the case and it be said in general, well, the Supreme Court never heard that case either before or after or during the elections. They, they never entertained it. And that's an easier thing to go down in the history books than to have their name specifically attached to either side. If they say, yes, we're going to allow a state to just change the rules as they go along and appoint different people to make changes as we're in the process and, and abandon a lot of the criteria that we use to regulate the election, they don't want to say that. And then, of course, they also don't want to be the one to take the side of the other folks and say, well, that somehow or another there needs to be a consequence when they do or whatever it is going to be when they reaffirm the Constitution. I think they understand that there's a very highly contested, it's very politicized, and a lot of people are very energized, and it's just a lot easier than to get criticized for having taken a position, they'll just say that there is no case. And that's what they've done. So now that I've spelled all this out for you, I think I would like to share a, a biblical message. Let's get biblical here and see what is the right answer to stuff like this. And maybe if you're a good scholarly Sunday school student, you already know that there's this story. In Luke 18, Jesus gives a parable about this very specific topic. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he, the judge, refused. But after a while he did say to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down with her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. Will God not give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find this faith on the earth? So just to break it down real quick. First, the thing you need to acknowledge, God says right out in the forefront here, yes, there are such things as unjust judges, unrighteous judges. They do not fear God. They do not respect man. So we need to acknowledge that's the real thing. But then he takes it to another level. It says, actually, you can get justice from these people if you are persistent. But he also does a contrast and compare here. He says, well, what about those who, people who are chosen by the Lord, do they call out to him specifically day and night? Are they perpetually seeking God in faith and prayer? Because where is the definition of justice? Where do we get the definition of righteousness? We're supposed to get it from the Lord. We're supposed to get it from God. So it makes no sense if we're going to sit here and say, we're going to go after a person who we know is unrighteous, unjust, and who doesn't respect man, and who doesn't fear the Lord. We're going to beg that person to give us a biblical definition of justice and righteousness. You maybe could, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I think persistence is important, but I don't think we, I'm specifically saying, let's not forget the other part of this. Day and night, perpetual prayer, crying out to the God of heaven who sits on that throne and a judgment seat above all others who can uh, bring justice. And we are expecting at some point, he will come again and he will bring it with him. And when he comes, this is what he's looking for. He's looking for people who are going to be perpetual in prayer, who are going to cry out in faith day and night, asking him to bring righteousness and justice that we know other humans are not interested in bringing. So yeah, go ahead and share this information with your friends about what's going on in the court. Pay attention, continue to be persistent in your pursuit in where we're currently living in the day right now. Do whatever you can to help, but 
Remember the important critical part about seeking justice from heaven and in prayer in your own personal life. And of course, encourage others to do it as well. I hope that you've enjoyed this video. If you've finished it, then I thank you for that. I hope that you will continue to share the content from right all week. And I hope that I will see you back here next time because this is where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. Yeah.